There has been a lot said about the reduction of the corporate income tax rate to 21%. This episode explains the reasons you may still want to elect S-corporation status, as well as some traps to be aware of. Welcome to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. My name is Jeff Skolnick and I'm a CPA with 35 years of experience working with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and network marketers on how to make their business more successful by understanding how taxes can work in their favor and not hurt their business. Each and every week I'm going to come to you with short, quick, and helpful tips on not only how to make sure you are doing everything possible to minimize your income tax liability, but also how to create the income for your business that you truly deserve. What happens if I change my C-corporation to an S-corporation? Although there has been much said about the drop in the corporate income tax rate, there are many reasons why a shareholder may want to convert a C-corporation into an S-corporation. Let me start out by explaining a little bit about the differences between a C-corporation and an S-corporation. While both C and S are both considered corporations entitled to the same legal liability protection, the main difference is the way each is taxed. A C-corporation is taxed on its own income. An S-corporation is considered a flow-through entity. The income generated by the S-corporation is not taxed at the corporate level. It is passed to its shareholders and reported on their income tax returns. Prior to 2018, corporate income tax rates varied from 15 to 35%. The Tax Cut and Jobs Act passed in 2017 reduced the corporate income tax rate to a flat 21% on all corporate income. Previously, the first $50,000 was taxed at 15%, and the percentage increased to 25%, 34%, etc. Based on the graduated rates prior to 2018 and the new 21% flat tax, any corporation with taxable income greater than $90,385 will pay lower taxes. This is the reason you are hearing more buzz about C-corporations, which prior to the new law were largely being replaced by S-corporations. Now, S-corporation stands for Small Business Corporation, which at one time was limited to 35 shareholders, but over the years has been expanded to 100 shareholders. There There are also restrictions on who may be a shareholder, Uh, Generally, they must be an individual, a state, and only certain trusts, and you have to be a resident of the U.S. C-corporations have no limit to the number of shareholders. S-corporations also have restrictions pertaining to stock issued, but here I am going to concentrate on the income tax differences. I feel the best way to explain the differences in tax treatment between these two entities is by example. For my example, I'm going to use a corporation that has one owner named Kathy. Additionally, I will address only the federal income tax liability of the corporation and shareholder, although both may be subject to state and city jurisdictions as well. Let's say that the corporation, which after paying all expenses, including Kathy's wages, has a taxable income of $100,000 and a cash balance of $100,000 as well. The first case will be that of a C-corporation. The C-corporation, as mentioned earlier, will be taxed at 21%. In this example, 
the corporation will pay $21,000 of federal income tax. This leaves $79,000 in the company. If the company distributes the money to the shareholder, it is considered a dividend. The corporation gets no deduction for this and the shareholder pays income tax on this money at their long-term capital gains rate, 0%, 15%, or 20%, depending on their taxable income. For our example, I'll choose the middle of the road 15%. In our example, Kathy would receive $79,000 and pay a tax of $11,850. Realize at this point that both the corporation and the shareholder paid tax on the same money. This is where the term double taxation and corporate income taxes comes from. The corporation and Kathy paid a total of $32,850 on the $100,000 of taxable income of the corporation. Now, if Kathy's corporation is an S corporation, then there is no tax at the corporate level. The $100,000 is taxed only on Kathy's return. Let's further assume that Kathy is married and has taxable income less than $321,450 in 2019, and her income includes the $100,000 from the S corporation. In this case, her tax rate would be 24%. Kathy would pay $24,000 of tax on the $100,000 earned by her S corporation. Here's the cool part. When the S corporation distributes $100,000 to Kathy, she pays no income tax on it because she was already taxed on that money. Kathy's income tax rate, although higher than the corporate rate, still yielded a lower tax because of the double taxation aspect of a C corporation. In this case, Kathy has paid $24,000 of tax and still has $76,000 remaining. In the prior example, a total tax of $32,850 was paid or $8,850 more in tax than was paid if Kathy had been an S corporation. Another point I'd like to make here is that it is also possible in some instances to have a net taxable loss in your corporation. If this occurs in a C corporation, the income tax is zero for the year, and the loss is carried forward to reduce income in future years. If the corporation is an S corporation, the loss may be deductible on the shareholder's return. I say may be deductible because there are some conditions that must be met, and that discussion is beyond the scope of this episode. Lastly, unlike partnership income, income from an S corporation is not subject to self-employment tax which as we've gone over before can be approximately 14.1%. Now that I've explained why a shareholder may want to convert their C corporation to an S corporation, I will explain how this is done and some tra things that you need to do to avoid certain traps. If you would like to convert your C corporation into an S corporation, you simply must file form 2553, which is a simple form. The most important aspect of filing this form is to have all the shareholders because there may be more than one. Have all the shareholders sign the form and it is to be mailed to the Internal Revenue Service. This can generally be done any time prior to the year you would like to change or by the 15th day of the third month in the year of the change. In other words, if you would like to become an S corporation as of January 1st, 2020, you can file any time prior to January 1st, 2020 or by March 15th of 2020. S corporations do have certain rules and regulations that must be met. I already mentioned some of the restrictions on stock ownership. Additionally, 
An S corporation can have only one class of stock, not usually a problem for a small business. They must have a calendar year end in most instances, and any distributions made to shareholders must be rateable. For example, if an 80% owner takes an $8,000 distribution, a 20% owner must receive a $2,000 distribution at the same time. A shareholder of a C corporation that has his, his or her health insurance paid by the corporation is treated the same as any other employee. This means a health insurance deduction by the corporation with the shareholder picking up no income. An S corporation shareholder that owns 2% or less of the S corporation is treated in the same manner as a shareholder of a C corporation. An S corporation shareholder that owns more than 2% must add the health insurance paid on their behalf as well as that paid on behalf of their spouse and dependents to their wages. This additional, these additional wages are not subject to Social Security, Medicare, or federal unemployment taxes. However, in order to receive a deduction on their personal income tax return, which would offset the wages added on the W-2, the shareholder must have Social Security wages from the business aside from the wages added that are not subject to federal payroll taxes. For example, if the taxpayer had $18,000 added to his or her wages, they would require at least $18,000 of wages from the S corporation, not counting the health insurance add back. There are two additional items to be aware of when you convert a C corporation to an S corporation. Neither of these problems exist if, exist if an S corporation was never a C corporation. The first is something called the built-in gains tax. While normally an S corporation has no federal income tax, the built-in gains tax is an exception. This tax occurs when a C corporation has appreciated property and becomes an S corporation. Remember earlier in our example when the C corporation made a profit that there was a double tax upon distribution to a shareholder, but none of the, none if the corporation was an S corporation? Let's say a corporation has a building with a cost of $100,000 and a fair market value of $200,000. The shareholder converts to an S corporation to avoid the double taxation on the building when it's sold. The law states that unless the S corporation retains the building for at least five years, it would pay tax at its highest corporate level, currently 21%. Once the five years pass, an S corporation can sell the building and there is no double taxation. Uh, it's also important to realize here that let's say the building went up to $300,000 in value, that double taxation would only be on that $100,000 that was a built-in gain when the corporation converted to an S. The second item has to do with corporations that have accumulated earnings and profits as a C corporation. Accumulated earnings and profits would be best illustrated with another example. Let's go back to our original example where the corporation made $100,000 of taxable income and paid $21,000 of tax. When the corporation distributed the remaining $79,000 to the shareholder, that shareholder incurred an additional income tax of $11,850. Let's say the corporation did not distribute this $79,000 and became an S corporation. This $79,000 is considered accumulated earnings and profit. If you own an S corporation with accumulated earnings and profit from its time as a C corporation and the corporation receives more than 25% of its income from passive sources, such as interest income, dividend income, or rental income for three straight years, then the S election will be terminated. The government wants you to distribute these earnings so they can tax the shareholder. 
The termination can be avoided by making an election to distribute the earnings and profits. As you can see, there are significant tax reasons to switch from a C corporation to an S corporation, but there are also specific steps to be performed by certain dates. Furthermore, there are a variety of regulations that must be monitored in order to assure that you don't accidentally terminate your S corporation. It is because of these factors that I urge you, as always, to consult with a tax professional well-versed in this area before converting your C corporation to an S corporation. Thanks again for listening to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. If you could please head over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and write a review. Also, please connect with me on social media. If there are any tax or accounting-related topics you would like me to cover, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. If you are that small business owner or entrepreneur that really wants to learn more about how to minimize your tax liability and maximize your income, just head over to www.jeffcpaworld.com and I'll see you over there. Have a great day.